ladies. So, again, last Sunday we had a great celebration of Pentecost, of the Holy Spirit coming. And we talked about the Holy Spirit coming in Acts chapter 2 and, and, and the Spirit coming to Peter and, and Peter speaking up on behalf of God. But we also talked about in 2 Chronicles 20 of God calling a leader to step up and speak on behalf of God. Well, if, if, if we had gone a little bit further down in Acts chapter 2, as, as we read the beginning of Peter's message, really a sermon that it seems that Peter gives on that first Pentecost Sunday. We, at the end of that, Peter actually gives this call. The, the, the last line of Peter's message is, Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the, gift, for the forgiveness of sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord our God will call. A call to baptism. We've not had baptisms since Easter of last Easter of 2021, and I'm excited today that we get to baptize four of our very own here, and it's going to be a great morning. So we turn to those waters today of baptism. And with the four that are getting baptized, would you come forward at this time? Um, we're going to do part of the ceremony now, and then we'll do the actual baptisms here in a little bit. But uh, if those four would come on forward. And actually, you guys come on up. Come, come stand up here. Everybody wants to see you. I'll stand off to the side. They see me all the time. Well, you're going to hear some of their testimonies in a little bit. Um, but it, if, if you don't know, these are our four wonderful people. And uh, Mike has been a part of this church for a long time. We'll just say that. I won't make you name years. But it's, it's, it's great to me to see this because Mike has been here for a very long time. And Harlan has been here for about eight months. And the grace of God is still active in both of their lives. And we get to celebrate that today. And Dana's been a part of this church for a long time. And Evelyn's been a part of this church for a long time. Since she was born. And so it's, it's an exciting day for all of you. Well, dearly beloved, Christian baptism is a sacrament signifying participation by faith in the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ. And incorporation into his body, the church. It is a means of grace proclaiming Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. The Apostle Paul declares that all who are baptized into Christ Jesus are baptized into his death. We are buried with him through baptism. So that just as Christ was raised from the dead, we too are raised to walk in newness of life. As we have been unified and united with him in his death, we will also be united with him in resurrection. The Christian faith into which you now come to be baptized is affirmed in the Apostles' Creed, which we confess. And it'll be on the screen, and I invite you all to say this with me, to, to affirm the Apostles' Creed. We believe in God the Father Almighty, the maker of heaven and earth. We believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, Born of the Virgin Mary, he suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and was buried. He descended to the dead, and on the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven 
and is seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there he will come again to judge the living and the dead. We believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. So I ask you for today, will you be baptized into this faith? If so, respond, I will. Do you acknowledge Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, and do you believe that he saves you now? So respond, I do by faith. As a member of the Church of Jesus Christ, will you follow him all the days of your life, growing in grace and the love of God and neighbor? If so, respond, I will with God's help. Amen. Well, you guys can go ahead and take a seat, and we'll do the the rest of the ceremony at the end of the service today. I wanted to do that part of the, the ceremony early because it kind of squeezes a lot in rather quickly. So I wanted to talk a little bit today about baptism. And so we can look at what's actually happening when people go into the water and they get a really quick bath. <laughs> what is going on there? So I invite you, if you have your Bibles, to turn to Jonah chapter 1. Uh, but I invite you to stay seated this morning. We're going to read uh, Jonah chapter 1 and Jonah chapter 2. But first, I really need about seven volunteers. Seven people that are willing to say, I'll come up and help. One, two, three. Come on, Riley, I see you stirring. And if we have more, that's even great. That's, that's great because we're going we're gonna to do something here. How many do we have here? So Michelle's coming. We got four, three. Great. All right. Um, so... Let's see. Um, Oh, Evelyn's coming too. And Harlan's. Yeah, come on. Just come on. This is even better. All right. So, so who wants to be Jonah? All right. Evelyn is Jonah. So, Evelyn, um, Evelyn, come stand over here. We practice this, as you can tell. So, Evelyn's going to stand here. Everyone else, would you come stand over here? Kind of, yeah, we definitely need to be up here. Maddie's coming too. All right. Sweet. We're just growing. It's good. It's good. Do you want to come, Hayden? Okay. All right. um, So you guys are going to need to be on a boat. So if you can kind of make it look like you're together on a boat, that'd be great. Uh, Actually, I need someone to be God. (laughs) Harlan, Harlan, if you'll go stand. Yes, yes. I was going to say, and I think think Harlan got to be Jesus before. So, okay. So this is good. so again, just, just like we practiced, uh, you're not quite in the boat yet, but, but we'll get there. You'll, um, and, and then uh, um, we, we will need one of you to kind of be the head uh, sailor, boat person. All right, Patty will be. The, you, you don't. So here's, here's the instructions. You're not actually going to speak. We're just going to read the scripture. But I want you to portray what's happening in the scripture. So, as Evelyn, as Jonah, you will be our main character today. That means you get the biggest check after church. Uh, And Harlan, you're God, so you have to write her check. All right. (laughs) Here we go. But in all seriousness, this is the word of the Lord for us today. So we're going to be reading from Jonah chapter 1. And again, we're going to read the whole chapter. So I think this might help 
if you grew up or have been around the church very long, you've probably heard this before. And so I hope that today this brings it to a different light. You see something that you haven't seen before. And again, just like we practiced. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh. So you're, tell, you're telling Evelyn, so point, just like we practiced. There we go. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its, wicked, its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed to Tarshish. Run that way. He, he went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea. And such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break. All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God. And they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. So they get rid of stuff. But Jonah, Jonah had gone below deck. Where he lay down and he fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you be asleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. So they asked him, Tell tell us who is responsible for making all this trouble for us. What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? He answered, I am a Hebrew and I worship the Lord, the God of who made the sea and the land. This terrified them and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them this. The sea was getting rougher and rougher. It got calm for a second. So, so they asked him, What should we do to make the sea calm down for us? Pick me up and throw me into the sea, he replied. (laughs) And it will be calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, you haven't been thrown in yet. (laughs) Instead, the men did their best to row back to the land. But they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please don't let us die for taking this man's life. Don't hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard. Down the stairs. Let's go. Let's go so we can get a visual. Evelyn is thrown into the sea. Then, at this, the men greatly feared the Lord. The raging sea grew calm, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was had the fish three days and three nights. From inside, so now we're in chapter two. So if you want to, uh, maybe just sit on the step. So now you're contemplating with God or Harlan. From inside the fish, Jonah prayed to the Lord his God. He said, In my distress I called to the Lord, and he answered me. From the depths of the grave I called for help, and you listened to my cry. 
You hurled me into the deep, into the very heart of the seas, and the currents swirled around me. All your waves and breakers swept over me. I said, I have been banished from your sight, yet I will look again toward your holy temple. The engulfing waters threatened me, the deep surrounded me. Seaweed was wrapped around my head. To the roots of the mountains I sank down. The earth beneath barred me in forever. But you brought my life up from the pit, O Lord my God. When my life was ebbing away, I remembered you, Lord, and my prayer rose to you, to your holy temple. Those who cling to worthless idols forfeit the grace that could be theirs, but I, with a song of thanksgiving, will sacrifice to you what I have vowed I will make good. Salvation comes from the Lord. And the Lord commanded fish, and it vomited Jonah. Commanded. <laughs> And it vomited Jonah onto the dry land. This is the word of the Lord, and we say thanks be to God. You guys can be seated. Thank you so much. I hope you, you, you saw that in a way you've never seen it before. And I bet you did. Well, we're talking about baptism today, and it's an interesting thought to go to the story of Jonah, right? I mean, in the New Testament, we have several scriptures. of We even see Jesus getting baptized. Uh, we hear of the disciples getting baptized. I mean, John the Baptist, that's kind of what he did, right? He went around doing a lot of baptism. Well, in the Church of the Nazarene, we have two sacraments, baptism and communion. And so today, we're going to dive into what we just saw and what I'm going to refer to as Jonah's baptism. You see, Jonah believed in God, right? At the beginning of the story, Jonah's not wondering, who is that? What am I hearing? But it says that, that Jonah knew that it was the Lord, and the Lord was calling Jonah to do something. He, Jonah was commissioned to go to Nineveh. He was not confused at all as to who he was hearing. You know, some Bible stories, the people are confused. Who's, who, what voice is that? Who? That's not what we get in Jonah's story. He knew what he was doing when he ran away. It, the, the scripture makes that clear. But you see, I think that Jonah needed a new spirit. Jonah needed transformation. He obviously needed a new mind frame because just following what God was telling him to do was not enough for him. Just because he believed in God didn't necessarily mean that Jonah was all in to what God had for him. I think a lot of us can relate to that, right? We believe. It's easy to raise our hands in church and say, thank you, Jesus, for the blood. But when Jesus says, I've blessed you to be a blessing to others, then we kind of get a little bit. We kind of think, anything but talking to that neighbor, anything but going in there one more time, anything from making this phone call. We've all been there. So Jonah gets swallowed up by this fish. He didn't want to be there, but he ultimately came to the understanding that this is what was needed, right? I mean, he, he, uh, three days in a fish probably wasn't his ideal, but when that storm was about to cause several others to die, he just knew this is what needs to happen. You know, it's not that the sailors just decided, let's throw him, but Jonah says, do it. I need it. Toss me over. And today, when we baptize, we, 
we're only going to have them under the water for just a you know, half a second, just maybe a full second at the most. But think about this. Jonah was in those waters for three whole days. And I hope that when you hear the number three, when you're reading scripture, that, that a light bulb goes off in your head. Because we see the number three a lot in scripture, right? I mean, think about it. Even God is three. God is three in one. Jesus was in the tomb for three days. Jonah was in the fish for three days. If we had gone on and read chapter three of, of, the, of our story today, God says that, that Nineveh, where he wanted Jonah to go, you know how long it took to walk around Nineveh? Three days. You see, three is a holy number. Three is a number that says this is, that points us to this is of God. This is what God wants. So anytime we're reading scripture and we see that number three, I hope that that light bulb goes off. And it's funny to me to think about that. Three days to walk through Nineveh. Jonah was in that fish for three days. Had he just gone to Nineveh, he could have been done with the whole thing. But instead of taking three days, it took him six days. How many of us have been there? We, we took a while to say yes to God, and if we'd have said yes at the beginning, it would have taken half the time, or it would have gone so much smoother. We've been there. But Jonah knew. He knew when he was on that boat that the only option, the thing that he needed most, was to go into that water. And we approach baptism the same way. We know that we need that water. We don't fully understand it. We can't fully comprehend it. But we know that we need it. Because look at the story. When, when Jonah was in the fish, what was happening? Prayer. And what have we talked about for the last eight weeks? Prayer is how God transforms our hearts. In that fish, Jonah was being transformed. His heart was being made new. His spirit was being made new. He was being made new. And while it took three days, and I'm sure it was uncomfortable, Jonah knew that he needed the water. Paul tells us that, that in baptism, we're, we are participating in the death and the resurrection of Christ. God's grace brings us there. God's grace is at work in there. And lastly, how does Jonah get out? By the very grace of God that causes him to be vomited out of the fish. It's an ugly, nasty picture. But who would have thought that even a fish vomiting could be an act of grace from our Lord? It's not what Jonah hoped for. It's not what he thought it would look like. But boy, Jonah got exactly what he needed from the Lord. A time away to be transformed. God's grace is the only thing that can bring us out of those chaotic waters. So I'm going to invite those that are getting baptism if, baptized today. If you want to go ahead and slip into the side rooms here, the women on this side and, and the men on this side, and Pastor Trevor and Pastor Patty are going to help with that. Um, and so if you want to go ahead and go start to get ready. But I want to point something out to us today that's, that's happening in baptism, just as we remember the story, right? When, when the people of God are in exile in the wilderness and, and they're, they're in captivity in Egypt and they're finally running away and, and they get to the sea. And what happens? God parts the waters. 
And what happens for the believers? They walk through on dry land. But what happens after they get through? The waters come crashing down on the enemy. God's grace was present in that story. But then when we look at the, at the baptism of Jesus, as Jesus goes under those waters, they part as he goes back. But when he's under there, he's consumed, right? The waters come around him. And that is death. The waters come around him. But just as we, without the grace of God, could not be raised to new life, just as Jonah needed an act of God's grace to be vomited from the fish, today it is by God's grace that we are brought out of those waters into new life. That we're brought out washed and made new and made whole and cleansed. And talking with these about baptism today, the con was made of, you know, you just feel like sometimes that you can't, Forget what you've done. That sense of, of, of things just hanging on and holding on. Well, today in baptism, that's what happens. That is washed clean. And that it, it is newness and new life. And we get to participate in resurrection with God. So I know our baptism candidates are getting ready, but I, there, there's something for you to do today in this as we baptize. Um, a, a little over a year ago, I preached a sermon on baptism, and, and, and I'm not going to just rehash it today, but I wanted to remind you of something from that, and if you weren't here, share this with you. Another spot in Scripture where we see the waters doing the work of God is in the flood, right? When, when God calls Noah and his family to build an ark. And so they do it, and they put animals on it, and they get in that boat, and what happens? God floods the earth. The waters consume the entire earth. And if you remember, I, I mentioned that I can't help but think that in that ark, they had to have put a window. So that they could be below deck, just like Jonah was, down in the water, but they could peer out and see what was up. What was God doing? And I used an illustration of a guy that, from my home church that, that was redoing a car. And it took him years and years and years. And every time I looked in that garage, it just looked like junk. But transformation was occurring. And I couldn't see it. I didn't know what was happening. When I looked in that window, it meant nothing. But today, for us, as we get to peer through the window of baptism, as we get to watch others be baptized... We're looking through that window proclaiming that God is still doing something. God is still at work. He didn't stop after you got baptized. He didn't quit, you know, 50 years ago and decide that the world's done for. No, God is still doing something today. And so today as we baptize others, I hope that you watch and you're not, you're reminded of your baptism. And you're reminded of you proclaiming that God has done something in your life. But at the same time, I hope you watch this and you celebrate that God is still working and moving and acting. And it doesn't matter if you're a teenager or if you've been in this church for decades. God still wants to make you new. So today, that, that's... That's my hope, that as you watch, you don't feel like you're just watching something happen, but that you would really, really participate.
that you would recall your baptism. You would remember it. You'd say, Lord, I need that water today. I need to be washed clean and anew and afresh. And that doesn't mean we, re- we baptize everyone today. But what I'm saying is be reminded that you are a creation in Christ. And some of you, I think, I, and I get in this mode too, we walk around forgetting that the old has gone. We like that the new has come, but sometimes we feel like we're still dragging around who we were in our back pocket, and we're, and we're struggling with that. But today, as we celebrate baptism, be reminded that the old has gone, and the new has come, and the old is no more. And that as we celebrate and participate, that you are a new creation. You know, that's, that's what God is all about in the world. New creation. For he says, behold, I am making all things new. You know, I'd like to paint a picture for you of I should have taken a picture of my front yard a couple weeks ago. But our front yard just looked terrible. You know how we went just like a month without rain here recently? We went out and we bought a little sprinkler and we hooked it up in, in our yard. And we were like, oh yeah, come on, come on. Make something good happen. Nothing. We, I mean, it was just the grass was all burnt out. We had nothing. Even the sprinkler, it, it wouldn't do it. And as I thought about baptism all week, I thought, man... A mad yard. And if you talk to anybody that knows what they're doing, when a yard gets that bad, you know what needs to happen? And I was just talking with David and Kathleen about this on Friday. That yard, it really needs tilled up. It really needs the dirt moved around. It needs shaken up and moved and grew. And it needs seeds planted. And it needs a whole lot of water. Every single day, it's going to need water. And it needs the right climate. But just a little sprinkler for five minutes every day, not going to do it. But it needs to be submerged in water. The soil needs to be wet and in a place where it can grow. And you know, even, even if we did till it up and we'd soak it, if we didn't continue to water it, eventually that grass is going to burn out again and our yard's going to look terrible. Church, some of you were tilled up and covered in water a long time ago. You were all burnt up and you partook in the waters of baptism. And God was active there and you came out of there a new creation. The old had gone and the new had come and it was a beautiful, beautiful sight and you felt it and you knew it. But maybe today... You look at yourself and man, say, man, I really need some more of that water. I just feel burnt. I'm not living in new life in the Spirit. Well, today, may bapt- our baptisms be an act of grace for you. That you can say, God, I, I surrender all. I'm here-, here it is. Fill me with that water that transforming water that is only by your grace. And remember that, that for these that get baptized today, I'm going to give each and every one of them a little canister with water in it from their baptism. So that every day when they look at it, they're reminded, 
that that water isn't a, uh, uh, just a one-time thing where I go and I got baptized and I'm good, good to go. But every day I need that water. I need the grace of God in my life to carry me through, through the years, through the decades, through the hard times, through the good times, forevermore. And church, I think God wants to do something here today in each and every one of our lives. So today, uh, Melanie and, and uh, the ladies are going to come play, and, and we're going to sing as, as we prepare for the baptisms, um, and, and I'll give some more instruction. But I invite you to search your heart. Maybe you said yes to the Lord a long time ago, and you say, man, I haven't, I haven't been present with God. I haven't felt the Holy Spirit. I haven't been a part of what God is calling me to do. Then I invite you to come and pray. Sit in your seat and pray. Search your heart. Ask the Lord to seek if there's any wayward way in you, and, and then we will partake in baptism together. And I hope that I haven't just rambled on today, but that you recognize that we are all participating in what's about to happen. Let's stand and sing together.